Welcome to the Potter's House North podcast. We hope you'll be blessed by today's message. Today, take my scripture from this passage, Psalms 23. Verse 1, it says, And the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want, and he makes me to lie down in green pastures. And he leads me beside the still waters. Verse 3 says, and he restores my soul. He restores my soul. And he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valleys of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want to take my text um, and pretty much take my subject from verse 3. He restores my soul. Today's message is he restores my soul. Father, I thank you for your spirit, your life, your words that have sustained us, that has held us. (laughs) When we thought things were over, you reminded us that it was just the beginning. So Father, in these moments that we have together, I pray, God, that your word will give life and hope, direction, insight, foresight, comfort and healing to somebody's life this day. May our lives be forever changed. Not by the preacher, not by the pastor, but by the word of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the truth of the matter is the chaos of 2020 has spilled over into 2021. (laughs) some of you thought that because the the clock was going to strike 1201 somehow you were going to escape 2020 but the truth of the matter is that it it did not What was in 2020 has spilled over in 2021. The social unrest, the social issues, the human health issues, the COVID-19, all of this stuff has somehow spilled over into our 2021. Maybe that is a lesson for somebody to let you know that what you don't deal with in one season of your life will spill over into another season of your life. But we thought we were going to escape it. We thought we were going to be able to live beyond it. But it has followed us in our 2020 
one, it's still here. I mean, it's still there. The stuff is still there. The threat is still there. The virus is still there. The halo of hatred is in our country, it is still there. The, the ring of racism, it is still there. The chaos is still there. The grief is still there. The pride is still there. The abuse of power is still there. Maybe not so long, but 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 the loss is still there. The uncertainty of the times, it's still there. The fear is still there. The hurt is still there. The problems are still there. The dysfunctions are still there. And I know, I know, I know, I know before you say, you know, but it hadn't all been bad. And that is true uh, that some of you have progressed individually. You have some achievements. You have some goals. You have some things that you, 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 you have gained in these moments you have gained in this season and I won't I won't even rob you of that of that acknowledgement but the truth of the matter is nothing nothing is the same nothing has remained the same things and everything around us has changed and I know I know I know that we have talked about all the different things, the different groups of people. The, some people are angry from a political standpoint. And some people uh, are having anxiety over what's happening politically. And uh, people are angry and people are bitter on all different fronts and all different sides. And it seems as though this group is against that group and that group is against this group. And, and, and it seems as though there's a big discussion around unity in America. And while I do believe that God is concerned about what's happening in our country, I also believe that God is equally concerned with what's happening in your heart. Question I want to ask you today is how is your soul? The real question I want to ask you, it's, it's what's happening, happening inside of you. I, I, I know what's happening outside. We can see what's happening outside of us. But the real thing is, is what's happening inside of you. Have you, I want to just ask you, have you neglected your own soul? Have you, connect, you, have you neglected your own health? Have you neglected your own peace? Have you neglected your own mental stability, trying to sustain things around you, but you've forgotten about your, your own self? Maybe you're caught, maybe, maybe you've neglected yourself because you're caught in shame. You, 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 maybe you're, you're so, you're so absorbed with, with anger. You're so absorbed with physical fatigue. You're so absorbed uh, uh, with the temptation of certain sins. And maybe you are, are, are just so bombarded with your own insecurities right now. Maybe you are bombarded with a judgmental spirit, a judgmental attitude, cynicism, and lack of a desire for God. Maybe in this season you have gone through so much, you've gone through so much turmoil that you have literally neglected yourself. That you have been so busy trying to hold things together that you are unable to hold yourself together. Here's the truth of the matter is that even that people that don't want to be 
uh, uh, concerned with the things of God. They are by in part concerned with the things of God. Why? What is your point of contact with God? That, that, that maybe you haven't worshipped and maybe you haven't prayed and maybe you haven't read your Bible as though you, you, you used to do it uh, because you're so consumed with anger. Uh, you're so consumed with suffering. You're so consumed with the stress of what's happening around you or the pain that's happening around you. But, but even in those moments, there's still points where we're asking God why. We're questioning God. We're so concerned about what's happening. Can we even take any more? Maybe some of you are so bombarded with mourning. You're so bombarded oh, with, 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 with the devastation. Maybe you're so bombarded with trying to hold your company together, trying to uphold your employees, trying to lead people with different ideas from different backgrounds into the unknown. Somehow you're physically fatigued, you're mentally fatigued. More importantly, your soul is empty. And I know, I listen, I know, I know what it feels like to put on a smile anyway and still be empty. <laughs> I know what it feels like to still raise my hand and lift my hands. I know what it feels like to pray for people and need the prayer that I'm praying. I know what it feels like to be running on empty, praying on empty, living on empty, uh, uh, fathering on empty, trying to be a husband on empty, but empty in my own. So is there anybody out there uh, on Facebook or on Instagram or on YouTube that knows exactly what I mean? That guess what? That sometimes you have to look like it's all together just to hold it together, but on the inside on the inside, you're empty. You're drowning. You're not sure. You're uncertain about what the days ahead would hold. But you're trying to help everybody hold their lives together. Although it does show how courageous you can be in the moment. And God will give you the grace and God will empower you and God will help you and God will uphold you as our pastor have, has taught us so eloquently. I will tell you there is a space between those pockets of strength where you feel empty. And I want to I talk to you for a few moments because I really do feel like there's an antidote. I really do feel like there is substance. I really do feel like there is something that will help us today not just simply show that we are strong, but really be strong in our soul. In Genesis, we see, I got to take you back to Genesis. Notice that when God desired to create man, he created man from the dust of the earth, right? And he breathed, Ruach, the breath of God, into this dirt and made a human being, a living soul, a, a, a living nephesh is what they call it in the Hebrew. A human soul is the inner and outer life of a person. And we as human beings are both body and soul. Listen to me here. We are not just a soul that has a body, 
but rather there is a unity and a congruency and a connectivity with the soul and the body. The body is the soul in its outward form, while the soul is the body in its personal experiences. The Hebrew people viewed the body and the soul as the reality of the person. The only expression for the soul is its life in the body, and the body has no life except that of the soul. The soul, watch this, the soul is the vitality of the body. While the body is necessary for the expression of the soul, and is the soul in its outward form. The Greek word which translates the Hebrew word uh, for the soul is psyche, for which we have the English word psychology, which is the study, study of the soul or the self. The soul is the life of this particular body. That which affects the life of the body affects the life of the soul. Without the soul as its source of life, the body has no life of its own. The soul, or rather the self, which the Bible speaks about, not only experiences life, but actively creates and responds to life. The biblical term for the self as an agent with moral and spiritual capacity and responsibility is comprised in the heart. The heart is the direction of a person's activity and actions. So I am a body and I have a soul and in that soul is comprised the activities of my life which comes from the heart. My, all of my emotions and all of my thoughts and all of my intentions and all of my motives and all of my actions, they come out of my heart. And if this is true, that which affects the life of the body affects the life of the soul, it is very possible that life will beat you down. It will scar you and scare you. You will have problems after problems and they will weigh you down. Not just outwardly, but inwardly. You are affected just as much inwardly by what you experience outwardly. All at the same time. You actually internalize. You are actually more affected by what is happening on the outside, more on the inside. Think about you go through a situation. The moment is over. The argument is over. But you have internalized it for the next 12 hours. <laughs> you thought about it. You wrote text messages about it. It is roamed through your mind and it affects you inwardly even after the outward experience has long passed by. And in the midst of what I believe David was facing and he was fighting and he was leading and he was serving and he was battling and he was burying and he was broadening and he was building. Even in the midst of David's life, 
David has an encounter, I believe, with God that causes him to write this song. I believe, I believe without a shadow of a doubt that our experiences with God come in moments when we have no idea how we're going to make it. And David is faced in this moment just by reading the text. David is faced in the moment and all of what he's battling and all of what he's facing and all of what he's enduring and, and, and leading people and trying to instruct people, all the battles that he's facing in his life, he's not just bruised outwardly. He is bruised inwardly. And let me tell you, life has thrown some curveballs at us this year. Uh, life has thrown some things at us that has not just bruised us and scarred us outwardly, but some of us have been scarred inwardly. Grief has scarred you inwardly. The loss has scarred you inwardly. Uh, the loss of your job has scarred you inwardly. Uh, 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 the change in your job, the change in your company, the changes and the, and the people you had to lay off uh, they, they have they have somehow bruised you inwardly the dysfunction the marital issues all the different things that we are facing around us have the potential to bruise us inwardly and there's hope there's hope there's hope there's hope but God wants to show you something the Bible says in uh, Psalms 23 he says which I believe here guys is the antidote for God to restore your soul, the inward part of you that you have masked for so long, the outer part of you that you've masked so long because the soul is the true self. And for so long, there are people who live their life not even in tune with who they really are. I know you gave your life to Jesus and, and you've secured your soul <laughs> for, for, for a heavenly escapade. To live with God eternally. But will you ever tap into the, who you really are on the earth? On who he really intended for you to be inside of the earth. And what I want to tell you, as you walk around, I want to tell you, as we face what we face in 2021, the real thing that God wants to change is you. The real thing that God wants to, the real unity that he wants to have, whether we have external unity in our nation or not, what he does want uh, to reunite is your, his relationship with you, that your soul who you are and who you portray yourself to be is in its truest form. It's fully united. <gasps> and in Psalms 23, you see a broken man, a wounded man, but a courageous man pinned these words. Maybe, maybe this message is for somebody today because you need to be reminded of a few things. And this scripture is aimed to remind the believer of what they really do have. 
And Psalms 23, David pins, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Wait, before you get to the I shall not want because some of y'all get ex excited about not wanting or having everything that you need. But, but, but don't miss the A clause of that. The A clause says the Lord is my shepherd. David is confirming and reaffirming his faith that my faith is in Adonai, is in the Lord God Almighty, that the Lord Adonai is my shepherd. He is my covering. He is my keeper. He is my, he is the voice. He is my truth. When I don't know what truth to believe, he speaks the truth to me. He is my shepherd. He, even when wolves try to attack the sheep. It is the shepherd that will beat back the wolves. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord, which means I don't, even when I'm weak, my shepherd will be strong. Even when I don't know how to navigate myself through life, I have a shepherd that I can run to that will guide me. I have a shepherd that will keep me. I have a shepherd that will feed me. I have a shepherd that will give me what I need. Why? Because everything I need begins with him. Can I tell you somebody uh, under the sound of my voice? Can I tell you uh, on Facebook and on YouTube and wherever that you are that God is your source. I need you to settle the matter in January 2021 that the Lord is my source. My job is in my source. My relationships is in my source. Let me tell you who the real source is. The source of my life is my shepherd. Now he may outsource some stuff to get to me from you, but the Lord is my source. He is my source. He is my strength. He holds the world together. He holds my world together. He holds my strength together. Can I tell you that there are some things that only God can do. There are some things that only a shepherd can do. There are some things that only God can walk out and say, let there be peace and there be peace. Let there be love and let there be love. Let me tell you, there's only some things that only God can do. When the shepherd shows up, then everything has to come into a when the real shepherd shows up, when the good shepherd shows up, oh, bodies are here. When the good shepherd shows up, things have got to change. Things come into alignment. What I need to happen is I'm praying that the good shepherd will show up. Oh, that things will come into alignment. That what things will, 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 will fall on. Uh, that things will be in the pattern and the design that he has mapped out for us. I need the good shepherd to show up. I need the good shepherd to to show up. I need the good shepherd to show up in your marriage, in your family, in your finances. You need the shepherd to show up. You need God to correct some things, to get some things on the path toward his divine destiny in your life. I need the shepherd. I don't know about you, but I need a shepherd. 
I don't want to be the person. I don't want to be the pilot. I need to be the co-pilot. I don't know everything. I don't have everything together. I need I, woo, I need some super on my natural. That's what the good shepherd does. He puts some super on your natural. Does there anybody that knows that there's some things that you knew that you were facing before you that you don't know how you did it. You don't know how you paid for it. You don't know how it was provided. But let me tell you, people don't know your story because you have a shepherd. You have a shepherd that will give you what you need. You have a good shepherd that will show you, oh, show you where you put the foot next. He'll show you where to put your foot. He'll show you who to have a conversation with. He'll show you who's for you and against you. That's what a good shepherd will do. Good shepherd. Good shepherd, he's my, I don't know about you, but he's my source. Ooh, I got to tell y'all, he's, he's my source. He's my source. Some of y'all don't even know how y'all made it through 2020. You, let me tell you how you made it. You saw people, but it was God outsourcing stuff to them. It was God making sure that that showed up when you needed it. Made sure that your mortgage showed up when it needed to show up. Made sure that your car note was paid. Oh, God, y'all ain't going to help me in these comments. But I want to tell you that God, God. He is my source. And here's the here's other thing. He says, he says, I'm settling the issue. God is my shepherd. I shall not want. Even when I feel as though I don't know how, I shall not want. If it's for me, God will make sure I have it. Woo. If it's for me, God will make sure that it is in the pathway, that God will make sure that it is on the path to me fulfilling his divine purpose. I don't have to, oh, you don't have to fix the fight. The fight has already been fixed for you. Yo, you don't have to manipulate anything. It's already before you. Your oil already knows you. I'm getting ahead of myself. The oil already knows you. The shepherd already knows that you have a date with destiny. The shepherd already knows where he wants you to be in 2020. 21. So I need you to chill because he's the source. The other thing he does to David, to this broken man, this strong man, but this broken man, <laughs> he says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters. Uh, some people use those words to say he makes me to lie down suggests that he forcefully does it uh, i can't completely disagree with you on that but i would suggest something else that the shepherd always will find a place where you can take a rest the shepherd will always find a good moment for you to get the encouragement that you need when you need it, that that the shepherd always will make sure that uh, that that he that you find you find the place for you to lie down. And some of you, you're physically fatigued. Some of you, you you, you are physically fatigued. You don't rest. Even when you go to bed, you do not rest. You do not go to sleep. You are up every hour. And I'm praying that in 2021 that you get some rest. Some of you are physically exhausted. So you can't give everything you need to creatively and inspirationally. Why? Because you are physically exhausted. But he, God will find a place 
for you to have. Ooh, I don't know about y'all. Uh, you, you know what I don't? <laughs> what I still get on Sunday is a Sunday nap. Ooh, anybody else get a Sunday nap? It could be 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 40 minutes, or, or four hours. But there is nothing... <laughs> especially when we were coming to the house of the Lord, there was nothing like seeing the clock hit 2 o'clock, and when you wake up, it was 6 o'clock. That was the best sleep. Oh, my goodness. It's the best sleep in your life. Let me tell you that God needs you to rest. God wants you to rest. Here's another thing. He lies him down in green pastures, which suggests another thing. He wanted him to be still. Can you just be still a little bit? Can you just be still? Some of you, you can't be still because the moment you're still, your, your mind is still moving. <laughs> you can't be still because your mind is still racing. Your, your mind is always on your regrets. Your mind are always on the things that are not quite there yet. The, 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 uh, you have thoughts in your mind that are haunting you so you can't be still you, 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 you can't but God is saying I need to remind you I want you to be still I want you to be still I want you to replace those bad thoughts with grateful thoughts I want you to replace those thoughts of not enough to be encouraged to know that you are more than enough. I want you to change those thoughts of curse and, and change them to thoughts about his blessings. God wants you to reroute some thoughts. Don't you know that you have the power to reroute some thoughts in your life? Just because your mind is telling you one thing, you have the ability to speak to your own mind and command your mind. No, I'm not going to think about that. I am going to be grateful. I'm going to be compassionate. You have the power in yourself to reroute what you think about yourself. God wants you to rest. God wants you to be still. He leads me beside the still waters. Now, some of y'all, I know it's not the Potter's House, North Dallas, but some of y'all are on a good, uh, a good 20-day fast. And praise God. Thank God that you are fasting for me. Amen. Uh, uh, but let me tell you, he leads him beside the still waters because sheep get thirsty. Oh, and here's another thing. When your soul is depleted, you get irritable. When your soul is depleted, when you're empty, everything is quite not right. When, you, when, when, when your soul is empty, there's a hunger and a craving that you just, you just quite can't get a grip on. You're anxious when you don't have to be anxious. And God is saying, you know what? I want to quench your thirst. Oh I, I, uh, oh, I don't have time for this. But, 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 you know, the woman that Jesus meets at the well uh, and says, I have water that you know not of. And if you knew about this water, you would be asking me for a drink. While people were looking at her life, they were looking at her life from a per 
uh, from her being promiscuous or for her being in into so many different relationships and God looked at his source of his water or his word as being the antidote for her becoming her true self he wanted to give her a drink to quench the hunger of her not being enough he wanted to quench her thirst for feeling as though she needed to be everything to everybody else and never finding out who she really was I want to tell you that God wants to quench your thirst there's only certain things that can come from God and God is saying I want to make sure uh, that my will that your plans are aligned with my will <laughs> when you're thirsty and you're hungry you're more interested in your plans uh, and not his will and he says I want to bring that in alignment I, I don't have a problem with you being zealous I don't have a problem with you being passionate I don't have a problem with you giving your everything and you wanting to have an assignment and for you to be purposeful but I want to make sure that your plans are aligned with my will and my will is aligned with your plan so let me quench that thirst so you don't have to feel as though you have to be a people pleaser in order for God's purpose to be performed in your life. The other thing, why is it that God, that David writes, and he restores my soul? So he's affirmed by saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not, shall not want. And he leads me to lie down in green pastures. He causes me, he leads me beside the still waters. And that's where he says he restores my soul. He doesn't say he restores my family, my friends, my finances, my careers, all the different things that I have planned and I have this going on and that going on. He doesn't say all of that. He says, he restores my soul. He restores my soul. Sometimes you don't know what you need till you get what you need. Sometimes you don't know what you're reaching for until God reaches in and sends you exactly what you need. And so many people are reaching for this and they're reaching for that and they're reaching for this and, and, and trying to add value. That's what they say in Clubhouse. Add value. I'm here to add value. <laughs> but not knowing what David really need, needed. He didn't need more money. He didn't need more children. God knows I don't. He didn't need more stuff didn't need more clothes, didn't need more this and need more that. But what he really needed, God knew exactly what he needed. He didn't know it before it, but he knew when it happened that there was something about his emotions and something 
about his thoughts and something about his intentions and something. I want to tell you, God knows exactly what you need. God knows exactly where you are. God knows exactly what you're facing. God knows exactly who's absent. God knows exactly who's present. God knows exactly what's ailing you, what's paining you, what you're frustrated about. God knows exactly what's heavy on your shoulders, what's heavy on your mind. God knows exactly what you're burdened down with. God knows exactly what you're worried about. God knows exactly where your grief is. God knows exactly what you fear. God knows exactly what you love. God knows exactly what you've lost. I'm not here to debate with you and possibly even answer why sometimes I feel like good things, I mean, sorry, bad things happen to good people. There's some questions that some of you have about God and his ways and his thoughts and his intentions. I may not be able to answer them. But one thing... I do know is that he will restore your soul. It's not, it's not a quick fix, can I tell you? Rest, restoration is not a quick fix. I used to be one uh, that would watch uh, 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 shows where they were they would restore old cars from the 50s and from the 40s and from the 30s, and they would go to the, these men, would go to the auctions. And they would get these old cars beat up from the outside, but they still had value. Still had some of the original parts uh, from the manufacturer. But because time had passed, the car had lost, lost its color, but it never lost its value. And these men, because they recognize the value of the car, because they recognize the value of the automobile, they began a process to restore it. Many times the cars would not even be able to be started. They would have to put it. They would have to tow the car. They would have to put it, uh, 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 put it uh, in, in a garage, and they would begin the process of taking things apart. Woo. And let me tell you, sometimes when God restores you, he has to tear some things down. He has to tear some preconceived ideas. He has to tear some old mentalities. He has to tear some old sins out of the way. He has to, he has to deliver you from some of your ideas. He has to deliver you from what you used to think about it. Sometimes there is a separation that happens. And sometimes it's uncomfortable when God is restoring you. I know it sounds as though he's just, it's just going to happen in a moment but let me tell you sometimes God has to separate some things in order to build it back up again sometimes he has to separate some things and one of the things I noticed when they began to restore cars they would they would separate the pieces to re-oil the pieces they would separate the pieces to make sure that every part functioned properly and let me tell you God doesn't want you to operate in 2021 and not operate in your divine assignment properly so sometimes he has to tear some things down 
He has to tear some things down. He has to tear your motives down. He has to tear your intentions down. He has to tear, he has to tear some relationships down so that they can be rebuilt back better. They tear the vehicle down and they're tearing things down. And it seems as though if you're very impatient, like me, I started recording. <laughs> I started recording the actual episodes. I, re I record them so I can skip all the way to the, to the final product to actually see how beautiful the automobile is. But can I tell you that life is not like your DVR. You can't skip ahead to the end. You have got to go through the process. You have got to go through the process. You have got to endure the pain. You have got to endure the crisis. You have got to endure the difficulties. You have got to endure the pain. You can't run from the pain. You can't run from the crisis. You have got to endure it like a good soldier. Endure hardness as a good soldier. You have to set your face like a flint. You have to square your shoulders. You have to stand at attention and say, God, I know this is painful, but God, give me the power to overcome. Give me the power to endure it. Give me the power to face it. Give me the compassion to love in spite of people not loving me. Give me the compassion that I need to love my neighbor, even when my neighbor doesn't like my skin color. Give me the power that I need. Give me the posture that I need. Give me the passion to serve even when I need somebody to serve me. Give me what I need. Give me the empathy when people hate me. Give me empathy when people are dying all around me. Give me what I need to console people that are enduring loss. Give me what I need. I want to tell you that God God won't let you take the easy route. He won't let you take the easy route. He won't let you just go to bed one night and wake up and everything. I know y'all say late in the midnight hour, God will turn it out, but, but he'll turn it around. But, but sometimes it feels like that midnight doesn't come when you, when you need it to come. That, God, you said you would turn it around. You said it would, it would be turned around by now. But sometimes God won't allow when you really have, when you really have something in God, he doesn't let you take the easy route. He causes the children of Israel to march around, hold the walls of Jericho. God doesn't just allow his people to take the easy route. He won't allow you to just, just allow it to just bypass just because you prayed about it one time. Sometimes you gotta have a travail in, oh I'm off my script now. Sometimes you gotta have a travail in your spirit. Sometimes you gotta long suffer some things. Sometimes you're gonna have to cry about some things. Oh God, sometimes you're gonna have to endure it. He won't let you take the easy route. And I know, I know, I know, I know you want your marriage fixed. <laughs> I, know, I know you want it. I know you want just a candlelight dinner, your favorite meal made, and think that that's a beautiful night. 
and it's just gonna fix it but sometimes you got to go to counseling to get it fixed sometimes you got to talk to somebody sometimes you got to talk through some things to get it fixed sometimes you got to ask for forgiveness sometimes you have got to forgive sometimes you have got to forgive it's not everybody asking you oh, oh. sometimes you need to forgive you can't take the easy route I'm going to end right here. There's so much here in Psalms 23 that I'm not going to get to. And I never had any intentions <laughs> to get to it. But as I was studying this text, there's so many different similarities to me that when God decided to create a man, he was in the garden and out of the dust of the earth. He made man. Fast forward to David's life, this broken man, this courageous man, gets to a point where his faith needs to be reaffirmed. And he says, he lies me down in green pastures. Sounds like a garden to me. Where God created Adam was going to be the place where he restored David. And the same breath that created the living soul would be the same breath that restored the soul. Now some of you, you want a five-step plan to your, and I do, and many times I do too, I want a five-step plan to restore my soul. But can I tell you that there's something supernatural, prophetic, real, because I believe that the more spiritual are, the more human that we are. Human not in the sense of failure, but our truest self, that when God created man, he created man in his own image and our whole goal is to get back to the image that he created us to be so the more spiritual I am the more in tune I am with God the more human I am
what it sounds like to me. That there's something in the power of God that's not just an abstract kind of power that just simply controls everything around me but doesn't have the ability to breathe in me. Can I tell you, Pastor Chris said a few weeks ago about what he was looking forward to for 2021 and it stuck with me and I told him that it stuck with me. He said, I want to be forever present or ever aware of the nearness of God. And when he said that a few weeks ago, I had no idea <laughs> that's exactly what I needed too. Is that we want the power of God to move throughout the earth. But I need the power of God to breathe into this earth. And I want to tell you that there is an encounter that you can have with God in your living room. There's an encounter that you can have in, uh, in, your, in your living room, in your kitchen, on your job, on your walk while you're listening to us in your headphones. Oh God, that, that there's, there's an encounter that you can have with God while you're at the gym, while you're riding your bike. There's an encounter that you can have with God where he will breathe his life again in you. And what I'm praying for is that the breath of God. Whoa, I know we want him to breathe through this nation, but God, I need you to breathe into me. What I need you to do is restore some things in me. Oh, some of you need to get your eyes off of changing everybody else around you and saying, God, I need your breath. I need you to breathe again into my life. I need to feel your joy. I need to feel your peace. I need to feel your presence. I know we're not in the sanctuary where the worship team is lifting up holy hands. I know we're not in the sanctuary where we gather corporately. But can I tell you that, that when God met David, he wasn't in the sanctuary. He was lying down in green pastures. Let me tell you that God can meet you wherever he is. He can breathe on you wherever you are. He can interrupt your disappointment. He can interrupt your decay. He can interrupt your depression by breathing life again. He's going to breathe life again. He's going to breathe life again. I know in the midst of your grief, life has been robbed from you. God has a way of even when you don't want to be lifted, He will lift you. Even when you want to be down, he sends the right thing to lift you. And I want to tell you, I want to tell you, this is, this is not in my notes. But I hear King David. I hear King David in my spirit. Finding his posture again in worship. For some reason, I don't know why I'm saying this, but somebody that's watching me, you need to re, you need to find 
your posture again in worship. I know you're on your 20 day, 21 day fast, and I know you have some things that you want to do for 2021, but let me tell you, I need you to reposture your soul in worship. I need you to reposture yourself. Let me tell you, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing like. Going to God broken and start telling him how amazing he is and he starts to build you. There's nothing like lifting hands saying, God, you've been faithful. You've been faithful. You've been forgiving and I love you and I adore you. You're the keeper of my heart. You're the restorer of my mind. There's nothing like telling God how amazing he is. It, it may not replace your pain, but he re, it repositions your soul. And when he re, repositions your soul, he can breathe new life in you. And some of you right where you are, I know that this word is for you, that God is telling me to tell you that you need to reposition yourself in worship. I'm not talking about just two songs and a word. I'm not just talking about your Sunday morning worship. And some of you, that may be good enough for you. But let me tell you, for some of us, it's just a jump start into our real relationship with God. It's a reminder of our true relationship with God that maybe you ought to find yourself yourself on your knees this week crying out to God and saying, God, I want to repent because I've focused in on what I did not have. And forgot about what I did have. And I'm repositioning my heart. I'm re repositioning my mind. I never thought I would be at this place. I never thought I would be hurting as bad as I'm hurting. But you are a healer. <sighs> and I give all my hurt to you. Woo! I never thought I would be grieving the loss like I am. But your grace is sufficient. Woo! I never thought I would be as weak as I am because I, I don't like to be appear as though I'm weak. But God, be my strength, God. Woo! I never thought I would be this low. But you've always been faithful to lift us. And I want to tell you, if you want your soul restored, kind of reposition yourself and center yourself back in the place where David did and said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I'm repositioning and reposturing myself and confirming and anchoring my soul is even when I don't have the answers you are still the answer <laughs> even when I don't have all of the answers to life's problems I can always find you always be the answer 
that I need. And I'm not talking about just coping. I'm not just talking about just coping with your problem. I'm talking about something that I felt for myself. I'm talking about something that I've endured myself. I'm talking about the restoring power of Jesus Christ to walk through days like you have a plan but inwardly you're so broken that you want to just give up like Job why John just give up and die but knowing somehow if you keep walking if you keep living God will send you a second win. And let me end with this. Let me end with this. The other day, we got these new little, cr cr uh, uh, um, I don't know if you guys have seen these new coloring books. If you don't have kids, you've probably, or grandkids, you don't know about these new coloring books. These, there's some new coloring books that come with one marker, and it's clear. And in the coloring book, there's lines, there's all these figurines and these pictures. And I don't know who bought them, Lana, Pastor Brady, or my wife, they bought them for the twins. And my twins, they color everywhere. They color on everything. So I was grateful for a marker <laughs> with no color <laughs> that you can physically see. But, but the moment they put the color I mean, they, they put the marker, the clear marker on top of the picture. The picture begins to appear in different colors. All within the lines. So it looks like they painted the perfect picture. And the other day, and the other day we needed to move on. There's some stuff that we needed to do. We needed to clear the table for dinner. And Mariah, with her feisty self, was still coloring in her picture. And I said, Mariah, it's time to move that out of the way so that we can eat dinner. And she didn't hesitate. She didn't look up at her amazing father and said, yes, father, I will commence this part of my activities so that we can dine together. Mariah did not flinch and held her head down and still colored and said, Daddy, I'm not finished yet. <laughs> I, I said, no, <laughs> you are finished. No, let me tell you, you are finished. I don't care if you've done or not. We're about to eat dinner. But for some reason in that moment, God sent me a little message that I needed to hear. And Mariah said it again, Daddy, I'm not finished. Mariah, you are going to hurry up and clear this table because we need, she said, Daddy, I ain't finished yet. And maybe that's a prophetic word for some of you right here today. God wants me to tell you he's not finished yet. 
there's some things that he's still coloring in. There's some things that he's still fixing. There's some things that he's still making sure that the definition is right. He's, there's still some stuff in your life that he's putting together and he's not finishing. I know you want to hurry on. I know you want to move on. I know you want things to be done. But that God wanted me to tell you that he's not finished yet. He's not finished yet with your life. He's not finished yet with your career. He's not finished yet with your children. God is not finished. Would you put that in the comments? God is not finished. He's not finished with you. He's not finished with your soul. He's not finished with your life. It is not over. He's not finished. With you. Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to have you join us online every Sunday morning at 9 and 11.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. Streaming live at www.tphnd.org slash watch now or through our Potter's House North app.